0: Scottish Cabinet Papers from 2003 are now open to the public from 3rd January onwards. At the Media Preview last Friday, we spoke to Bruno Longmore, who is Head of Government Records, about some of the highlights. Mr Longmore, this is... uh Quite an interesting morning I'm having here at the National Records of Scotland Um, and these are the Cabinet papers which have only just been released for 2003 because of course peculiarly we have a 15 year rule. What does today today bring for you? Any surprises?
1: Well uh, today brings the release of about 125 uh, Cabinet uh, files. Um, obviously covering the events that were occurred in the year 2003. Um, In terms of surprises, um, probably not in the sense that what you're seeing or what you tend to see is government undertaking its business as part of um, a, a well-functioning and operating mach- machine, uh, it's the. It, it also reflects the second government of the new Scottish government post-devolution, because there had been an election that in that year, so there was. A, uh, while it was the same uh, grouping of parties, it was the Labour Party and the Scottish Liberal Democrats who formed the joint coalition government, uh, there were certain changes in the key cabinet places uh, but it's, uh, it's the sort of um, a maturity of government if you like starting to show itself as government uh, is, uh, is entering a sort of new phase
0: and of course, the, uh, one of the papers which I was reading this morning uh, was that Alistair Darling, um, as the newly appointed Secretary of State for Scotland, had visited and discussed things with the First Minister. They had discussed in particular that the two titles, Secretary of State for Scotland and one other, which I can't remember at the moment for which, it was, which one it was, um, were still available and so there was clearly still some toing and froing between Westminster and Holyrood as there is now of course.
1: Yes there would have been uh, the creation of or there would have been the office of the Secretary of State for Scotland which would have been the reflection of the continuing um, activities of the UK government in Scotland where matters had not been devolved to the Scottish Parliament, so issues perhaps affecting uh, the Constitution, issues affecting certainly uh, defence that remained part of UK government's uh, activity. Um, So there would have been a a need to determine where responsibilities uh, lay and with whom at that time.
0: In cabinet papers from June 2003, the issue of slopping out was being discussed. This is the slopping out in prisons, which hit the news with the executive being sued by one of the prisoners, Robert Napier, under the Human Rights Act.
1: The, well, the, the Napier case was a, a case that was brought about uh, brought by a, um, a prisoner. Uh, who uh, had uh, gone to the court in Brussels, I believe it was, um, concerning the uh, uh, the slopping out in Scottish prisons. The, the court found in his favour, so therefore what overnight what happened was that, they saw that many of the uh, prison estates, uh, the, i.e. the prisons in Scotland, were not considered uh, fit for purpose, um, and therefore it resulted in a programme, a decision by cabinet to, um, uh, to agree to the uh, basically the, the reconstruction of the prisons estate and the complete um, rebuilding of many Scottish prisons uh, over a period of many years, so it was a key case uh, in, in terms of determining a change in policy in order to fulfil uh, an obligation that had been imposed on it by the courts.
0: The ongoing construction at Holyrood gave rise to much discussion at cabinet level. Neil Miller, archivist at the National Records Office, told us about this. So at the time uh, that these cabinet meetings were being held. They were still being held. They were being held in Butte House, as they are, still are now. But of course, Holyrood was sitting up the mound on, in the Assembly Hall um, because they were still building this uh, fabulous new edifice.
2: They were still building the Scottish Parliament. Um, it had already run over cost, I think, several times. And we see in the cabinet they're discussing um, what, they're, what they're going to do. There, there was obviously a lot of public disquiet about the building. Um, and we see the Cabinet discussing the investigation they're going to have. Um, so we see them starting to think about you know, what kind of investigation and inquiry they'll have um, and, and swiftly they decide on Lord Fraser. And Lord Fraser's Holyrood inquiry uh, reported, I think, in the, in the year after uh, into the, the costs and the overruns in the Parliament building.
0: So Neil, um, anything particularly to do concerning Edinburgh and its citizens?
2: Well, I'm sure we all remember the um, the congestion charging which was proposed um, around about this time, and we see this in the Cabinet because they discussed the the consultation that Edinburgh, the Council had. Um, I think we can probably all remember this came from the, the London congestion charging and this sort of radical reshaking of, um, of transport in London. Um, and Edinburgh went through the same procedure, but as we all know, we don't have congestion charging today.
0: But we may yet, of course, have uh no cars in the city centre. If the if the uh, the council have their way, that's their new proposed their newest set of proposals. So so these um, records are absolutely fascinating. Though, uh, Bruna, this is all part of your day to day job. I know, but mean, um, do you think we should have such excitement when new cabinet papers are released? Do you think anything, you know, is ever, you know, are we going to reveal a scandal here this year?
1: <laughs> I don't know about a scandal, but certainly there's a lot of uh, interesting historical fact and 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 confirmation of things that were being discussed at the time, so it sort of confirms it sheds i think new light onto the thinking of cabinet members it sheds um uh, you know, uh, It gives it an interesting historical perspective, although it may seem that 15 years isn't that long ago, it's actually quite a you know, it's a previous administration ago as well and so there were different approaches towards things and those are reflected in the discussions that were held by cabinet. Also just uh, commentaries on particular events at the time, you know, for example uh, anybody who is uh, interested in rugby will remember that in 2003 England won the World Cup And in November, at the first meeting, the Scottish Cabinet sent a note of congratulation to the English rugby team.
0: Very decent of them.
1: It was very decent of them, (laughs) considering that Scotland hadn't done that particularly well that year.
0: I think you've actually almost, I think you must have been looking over my shoulder when I was writing my article this morning, because I was saying that 15 years ago is in truly recent memory. And um, you know why is it that we have the fifteen-year rule, and whereas does the does Westminster not have a thirty-year rule? Uh, it, no,
1: it, it, the it's not a, a rule as such. It's one of those uh, those uh, things that people talk about in the terms of the thirty-year rule, the twenty-year rule, the fifteen-year rule. But basically, it's when records become historical. Uh, under the Freedom of Information uh, Scotland Act, and information can then uh, has to or will enter the public domain. Having said that, any uh, um, individual can make a request for government information within that time. So, and then the information would be reviewed by the body who uh, who has created that, and it will either be released or parts of it will 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 be um, made available. And it's always important to know that under Freedom of Information, released to one is released to all. So, everybody can see it.
0: Great. Well, I'm having a very nice day here, anyway. Thank you very much for You're speaking welcome. with me. Thank you.